against our inclination. Let ourselves in for it. Time is brought to you by Q Sports International. More choices for all players. Q Sports International is 100% pool. Amateurs can play in the non-handicapped BCAPL or handicapped USAPL sanctioned leagues. No need to win a local tournament. Just qualify with enough weeks to be eligible to play in the Nationals held in Las Vegas. For all levels of competition, CSI has you covered. They provide tournaments with the best players in the world. You can challenge the top players at the annual Jay Swanson Memorial Tournament held in L.A., the U.S. Bar Table Championships in Reno. You can find more information on their website, www.playcsipool.com. That's www.playcsipool.com. This is Daryl Smith from Pool Time. Where do I go for quality billiard products and accessories? Arch Billiards, family-owned and operated for over 40 years. From billiards to darts to gaming to home furnishing, Arch has you covered. Located at 17801 East 39th Street, Independence, Missouri, Arch is your one-stop shop for all your pool needs. Give them a call at 816-478-7474, or better yet, stop by and say hi to John, Cheryl, Kim, or David. Are you looking for something to do this summer? Then get into the hottest game in town and join the Northland APA Pool League. That's right, pool. Eight ball, nine ball, doubles, corporate, and master's divisions. Find out what a thousand others in the Northland already know. An APA Pool League is a great way to get out of the house, have fun, meet people, and of course, play pool. The best part about it is you don't have to be a pool shark to enjoy the game. Players of any ability want it, especially beginners. Give Greg a call at 816-214-5037. That's 816-214-5037. Or visit NorthlandAPA.com today for more information. You are listening to Pool Time. Welcome to another edition of Pool Time. How's everybody doing out there? Have a good weekend? I'll tell you what you did. How was your fourth? Oh, wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. Did family things this weekend. It was really good. Uh, nobody got injured. Really That's good. <laughs> didn't blow off anything? Yeah. Yeah, we did uh, something Friday night and then saw the big fireworks, so it was okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. yeah. And then uh, Saturday I went over and played over at uh, Sticks and Stones. For their little weekly tournament. Sandy's tournament over yeah, there. Yeah, matter, matter of fact, I did get a little interview, so we'll play that back a little later. Cool. With Sandy, just a little five-minute interview about her running tournaments over there. Now they have uh, they have kind of interesting tables over there. Do you remember what they are? I know they're... They're, they're globals. Globals. Yeah, so they're kind of a copycat of valleys. Right. But their tables are a little different in the sense that... Um, I'm watching you over here yeah, play, play our bobble ball yeah, that we got ball. out there. He just crushed it in. There you go. Give it a spin. So, so anyway, uh, they are real tight. They're almost snicker tight in the corners. Right. They got some. Uh, they got them uh, shimmed a little bit, and then the rails seem like they're long, so they play real tough. They do. So they, they can make you cuss at yourself a little bit. But uh, but uh, it was it was okay. I started off slow, lost an early match to Rodney. Okay. And then uh, started playing a little bit better, and ended up splitting with Leon. Cool. Good deal. So it, it worked out okay. Yeah, Leon's been playing very good lately. Yeah. Yeah, he played real good. All right, let's play the interview I did with uh, Sandy. All right, this is Daryl with Pool Time. I'm here with Sandy Wilder. She is the tournament director for Sticks and Stones out here in uh, Sugar Creek or Independence off of 24 Highway. How you doing, Sandy? Pretty good, Daryl. Uh, now, they have one Saturdays, and they do them on Sundays too, but I haven't played on Sundays yet. But on Saturdays, they run a $5 entry, uh, eight ball alternates between eight ball and nine ball. And uh, they do it, uh, they have nine bar tables upstairs, and then I guess they got five or six down here they're going to have, which is pretty strong. But they use the tables upstairs, which is plenty for a weekly tournament. And they open the tables, and they match a pot, which you won't find a better deal anywhere in the city as far as when it comes to tournaments. No. So now, how long have you been doing their tournaments here at Sticks and Stones? I've been doing the tournaments here now going on four months. Okay. Um, Billy's a really good guy. He takes care of his players, his pool teams, everything. Now, Billy, is, is he's the owner here? Yes. So it sounds cool. Um, now, on Sundays, what do they do on Sundays? Do you? I know you don't run them on Sundays generally. Or? Sundays, Ron runs them. Um, okay. It's at 3 o'clock. Sign-ups are at 3 o'clock. Uh, and then players vote on Sundays. So it could be 8-ball, 9-ball, scotch doubles, depending on how many people show up. Gotcha. Now, do they, do they add some money to the game on that, too? Same thing. So it's open tables? Yeah, open tables. Ball. I'm going to have to come out and try it on Sunday just to see what kind of turnout they get. Um, now, you guys tried to do a little bit bigger tournament, oh, maybe two months ago. Right. Where you did like a $10 entry? Um, or was actually, it, more, it, was, it, was it was $25. Oh, okay, $25 entry. 
And then they opened the tables up then, or yep. of course, and then they, how much money did they add to that? Um, they actually added 150. Oh, that's not bad. Dollars. I know they had, how many players they ended up with? We only had 20 players. Yeah, I think there was about four, three or four of the little tournaments going on. As a yep. matter of fact, I went and played in a little uh, charity tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, kinda, well, I was going to come here and play, and on the charity tournament, I'm like, wow, this is guaranteed $250, and it might be a lot easier. <laughs> well, you know, and we had a small scotch doubles tournament um, Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course it was Father's Day. I was just trying to get a tournament going sure. here. And uh, there was only, I believe, eight teams, little bitty doubles, mm-hmm. and they still added $150 to it. Well, we just got through playing today, and how many would we have today? 14 we or so? 14. Yeah, so I mean, that's not a bad for the summer, for a Saturday yeah. during the summer, that's not bad. Um, their tables here are a little different. They're pretty tight in the corner pockets, which is... Very. Yeah, so it's you've got to be... Got to have some stamina because you'll you're not going to miss some shots and you know you'll miss some shots in these tables. But yeah, you got to be skilled. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd say the middle game is hard because you know you drive you hit a ball good and it goes doesn't go. You're like, oh my goodness, yeah. makes you want to shoot. Um, what uh, anything you guys got planned coming up or what's on the horizon? Um, next week is going to be nine ball. Okay. Um, and like you said, I alternate eight and nine ball. Uh, I'm trying trying to get a singles tournament going at the end of this month maybe beginning of next month okay um probably be about 20 dollar injury oh, yeah, all right yeah i think the, the hardest part is you know just kind of picking the dates um and then letting people know about it i mean you're starting to get some you know some players coming in that you haven't seen before mm-hmm. and you do as you do that and they know they have that option on saturday um there's really not any really good tournaments saturday afternoon that are weekly you know, you get done, but by the time you can go out and do something later that night if you want to just go play for the day right. or play some other tournaments. You know, I know some other people go play at the Flamingo or up to Boomers after this tournament. Um, but uh, it's a great place. What uh, Now, do you guys have a Facebook, or how do you know? How, how do people find out about your tournaments, your upcoming tournaments? What's the best way? Um, Sticks and Stones does have a Facebook. Okay. Um, I also have a uh, Facebook. It's under Sandra. Uh, Fitzgerald Wilder. Okay. It's my maiden name. Okay. Um, you can friend request me. I send out event invites every week. Okay. And so you usually do it through your Facebook, your own mm-hmm. personal page? Okay. So just like uh, Sandy Fitzgerald Wilder on her Facebook, and then she'll let you know when we have the tournaments coming up. All right, cool. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks. I appreciate Sandy sitting down for a few minutes and talking about uh, Sticks and Stones. Um, so how about you? Did you play any pool this weekend? I did. I went and played uh, another couple. Gary and Tiffany, friends of ours, the Yavit Coley's, came out with us, and we played uh, Saturday night, went down to the Flamingo. They've got their AC fixed. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. how, I haven't been out there for a while. How's their tournament going since they've changed uh, management? You know, I, I looked around. There wasn't. I've been there before, and there's usually couples and people having a good time, and it was... It was really a bunch of tough players. There wasn't too many other gals. There was one other gal playing, um, but she had to leave. But it was just mostly very good players, so it was it was tough. And I had a little explaining to do to Gary and Tiffany because they were they don't <laughs> mind playing the tougher people, which is nice. You know, I, I do like that about them. But it was tough for them to get there. You know, because yeah, there were well, it was just good it players. It only pays three spots. How many players do they have? Do you I know? think we had about 12, 12 to. 14 maybe there wasn't a lot of people out there okay so they didn't have bands that weekend so the place was you know it wasn't real crowded all right you said uh you played against Smokey. yeah yeah (laughs) no 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 i didn't i didn't play him uh i won all three of my matches and had to play uh had to play steve miller for the bubble i saw i saw where steve got third yeah yeah he ended up he ended up he he beat me to go to the bubble oh he gets a third i got yeah i I just i had checked out by then it was there was a little bit of John and stuff going on with other players on other tables, and I just let it Sorry, go. That's why I brought Smokey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was what? actually out there uh, Thursday night or uh, Saturday. Yeah, I played him Saturday, and uh, I actually played very good against him. But I got by him, and you know, Smokey's a he's he's he's, he's interesting dude. Well, he likes to he likes to match up. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's there's always a bit of drawing, and but there was other guys doing it too as well, and there was just two or three, and it just wasn't it didn't make for a good time at the room. I was I was sitting there going, okay, Gary and Tiffany are. I was more watching them, oh, making sure God, they were they were enjoying yeah, themselves yeah, than what I was doing. Hard. And I was if I'd uh, if I'd have beat Miller, I'd have, I was taken off anyway. So I was really glad that he actually got got some outs on me and got out. Yes, we yeah, were going. He, he looked like he was pretty excited. I saw him post yep. on Facebook that he got yep. third. He so. played real good. He got good. out when he's supposed to, and shot very good pool. That's cool. Now we don't, there's actually not too much going on this week uh, in Kansas City pool wise. Uh, did want to mention the. You know, Jordan Davis on Monday of last week 
we do this show, we kind of record a lie, which I get a kick out of saying, um, on Mondays in the afternoon over here at Side Pockets in Blue Springs. Right. And then we replay it. It gets played on uh, Tuesday nights at the American Beard Radio. And uh, But Jordan, anyway, there's a big, on Monday nights, the place to play is the Side Pockets up north. They do a race to three nine ball tournament. And they have a bunch of leagues there, and they usually get 30, 40, 50 players in the tournament. Because right. they made it with the 10 ball raffle. Right. So they have a big 10 ball break and run pot that's been growing and growing because nobody can make a ball on the break. <laughs> so and I didn't get a chance to go play. I had something else come up. But uh, uh, ball, it was like $650 a ball or yes. more, 670 or something. Yes. And Jordan Davis, that finished third in the Olathe tournament, Got to got drawn. actually got drawn. Bought twenty dollars worth of tickets. Told me, and then uh, actually got drawn, and he actually was able to make two balls in a break. Yep, he did yeah. a he did an extreme side break, um, almost almost to the side mm-hmm. rail. Um, pocketed the one ball in the side pocket and had the two ball in the opposite side pocket. Um, he played it and was playing the three ball was on the opposite side of the table from the two. Um, played his cue ball to come around two rails and just barely nipped the four. Four moved over and blocked him from his three, or else he would have had a good look at the three. And that got out on him. Oh yeah, because he's been playing. Well, he only made three balls, and that was like two thousand dollars. Oh yeah, three balls. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I, it was uh, it was funny to see how the, when when the good players like when you've been drawn and things, people people get really quiet because they're like, okay, don't take all the money out of the pot. <laughs> I just want to make a <laughs> yeah, ball in the front. I know, I know. One ball. I've got, and the bad thing is I've gotten drawn twice here since it's been real high. Uh-huh. One time I got drawn, it was about 380 a ball. And I got drawn, it was like 580 a ball. Uh-huh. And I crushed a break, but just dry broke. Yep. Very easy to do on that and, table. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, we kind of we practiced last week up here on 10 ball a little bit up here. And... Uh, I might have to try that side break if I ever get drawn again. It was it was very interesting because I know a lot of us, you know, take the normal where um, Tucker, you know, Joe Tucker tells people to shoot from within the box yeah. and, and kind of straight up and down. But it was interesting to see Jordan do an extreme side break, and I think that's his goal was to try and make that one in the well. One you in know, the might side be a way to do it. Yeah. I mean, now did he hit the ball square or did he cut no, break it? No, he cut break. There was a cut break. He brought the ball. Uh, one rail below the pocket, below the side pocket, and back to the middle of the table. So he didn't hit quite square. He, right. he had, had a little bit of an angle on yep. the one. Huh. That might be worth trying. Yeah. Holy man cow, he just crushed that bubble ball. And got a clean hit. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Jay Wagner's here practicing a little bit and playing. I had uh, got this bobble ball from uh, was that? my referee last year at the APA. I won a bobble ball tournament. So it's kind of a neat little game. To let you guys know, the bobble ball looks like an egg. Yeah, it's shaped to, like an egg. You play yes. eight ball or nine ball with it, and then you go kick at it. So I have to kick one rail or more, hit the bobble ball, and then I can shoot the one. And yeah. I have to kick one rail or more to hit the bobble ball, and you know, it spins around like a like an egg would. Right. And then uh, you shoot the next one. So it teaches you about cue ball speed, control. It's a different kicking. You know, it's kind of a different game. Great uh, game, great game for kicking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, you know, um, I tell you what we're gonna do though, uh, since there's not a lot of local stuff that was going on. Um, I want to talk a few, about a few things coming up. Um, talk a little bit about the U.S. Open. Yes. And how that's coming up and how they've changed that a little bit. We are. Thank you very much. As our lucky waitress that comes yeah. through there. Um, anyway, we um, Barry Berman, who runs the U.S. Open and has had for 30 years, you know, he's had some ups and downs with it. Right. He's changing the format this year a little bit, or quite a bit, actually. So the, what they're doing now is it's a thousand dollar entry versus five hundred, which I think's a little steep. Yeah, the problem is like for me, I went and played in two thousand nine, uh-huh. and you know I was I don't know if I was dead money, but you know there's there's a lot of players that go that will play and pay the five hundred, and for me it was a bucket list trip. Right, I got a chance to go play in the tournament, watch the tournament. It was you know it was one of the best tournaments I've ever been to as far as you know people coming to watch the tournament. At least yeah. th- that year it was right. And uh, so it was kind of like, wow, this is what pool really could be. And ta- the talent level is just yeah. outstanding. Yeah. Yes. Now it's different now though because a lot of the a lot of the players from the, uh, the last year or two, the top top players from like uh, the Philippines and the Asian players, they don't come out here because it's just not worth it for them. Right. You know, so it's kind of a you know it's not quite as strong worldwide as it could be. Now you got Darren Appleton, you've got a lot of good players that still come out. Torsten, that that all live here in the United States, but. Uh, they so don't, they don't get a lot of the foreign players. So as much. are you thinking that's what this draw? That's what this entry was to try and, well, to try and draw? Or? I'm not sure what they're doing. The, what, the point I was making was, you know, I went and paid 500 
figuring that it was going to be a donation. Right. And I had I won a match and actually had an outside chance of getting the money. Um, I was leading the, my, my second match. If I'd have won that, then I win my third match. Then I could have gotten the money, and that third match was a winnable match. It was oh, somebody that's nice. that you know I had to play a kind of a regional pro. I had to right. play a, a guy in my second match or third match. I lost my first match, won my second match. I had to play Keith Bennett out of South Carolina in my third match, but okay. I was up like eight to six going to eleven. Oh, nice! So I had a chance to win that right. match. If right. I win that match, then the next match was a guy that you know was really I had a good chance to win to get in the money. Wow. With that said, I wouldn't pay a thousand dollars to go play in it. Well, you're that's um, five hundred for me. Five hundred was, 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 was top end. Right. Top end. Yes, exactly. Right. So I, there, when I and I think he realizes that. So he's he's cut the entry the field down to one hundred twenty eight. Okay. Now I went in two thousand nine. It was the only year that they've ever, they've completely filled it up when they were at two fifty six. Wow. Because it was at two fifty five, and I think he got some guy off the street and paid his entry fee to get to make two fifty six. <laughs> yeah. You know so. But uh, but it was it was it was interesting. So I'll be curious to see the turnout they get. Right. The list, but that you know it's in October and they're selling the VIP seats and stuff now. You can find out. Um, you know the, the quality of the pool will probably be better. Right. Because you're not going to have duffers in there. Oh, exactly. You know, yeah, thousands. This, this so. is true. You're going to have a lot of. Right. I mean, very skilled players that are realizing, hey, a thousand dollars isn't. You know that doesn't that doesn't put me away. I'm not dead money. Right, 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 right. Well, and all those, all these guys are either getting staked in those tournaments, or they have sponsorship, or, or you know, coming from a different country. And then, of course, he still adds a bunch of money to it too. You know, that's where he's gotten some trouble in the past. Because you know, if he gets doesn't get the turnout for his attendance, he, he didn't add what was what was posted. You know, well, yeah. he tries to add like seventy thousand. Well, if you look at it, you know, if I'm adding seventy thousand to an event, where's that seventy thousand coming from? Exactly. You know, it has to come from somewhere. You know, he's got expenses of setting up the tables yep. and all that. He's getting some money from the booth space that he sells. Um, the convention center, I'm not sure what kind of deal he works out with them, but, you know, it may be tied to the to the hotel. It may be they give him the convention space if he sells enough rooms. There you go. Type of a deal. I don't know. I mean, it, it all works differently. But it, that, but, but that's the, what we're saying is that money does have to come from somewhere. Right, and right. And there is, you know, there is no reason why he, he is not allowed to make money. You know, off of well, yeah, off no, run too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's been the problem with pool is, you know, how that's why you don't have bigger tournaments because there's really not a lot of money to be made. Yeah. The time these guys add fifty, seventy-five thousand, where's the money coming from? Exactly. You know, it's not like where you can sell, you know, fifty thousand tickets. Right. You know. And I know, like the VIP seating, like what we said, that's that's going to help a little bit, but that's not that's not near enough to pay that piper. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's just, I mean, he. You know, actually, he, he sells some seats. He, he can make some money from that, but uh, but it's just hard. And until until you can figure out a way for the promoters to make money and everybody to make money, then you're not going to have those big events, and right. this pro tour or whatever. And that's why guys like Mark Griffin, you know, when they come up with like their American Rotation series, yeah, you know, it's pretty much self-funded, like a poker tournament would be. Right. You know, a poker tournament, they'll take a percentage of the prize pool that's generated all by entry fees. And that's what American Big Rotation does. Right. So there's no need of an outside source. The downside is that it's not going to pay as well. Right. Exactly. You know, because you're not getting extra money put in the pot. Yep. But until you figure out a way for a return of investment, and I use that RI all the time, but that's business. You know, you're not going to get outside money until you know these guys can make money. So I'll be curious to see how they do. Uh, and what are the, what are the dates on that? Do we do we have an idea? You know, of where he's we're got posted on it, but because uh, I'm I'm thinking. Um, I was wondering. It's, a, it's always in October, so it's going to be. I'll look it up here. Yeah, because um, I was thinking, was it was it last year or the year before? Did they do the ultimate ten ball? Was was after the U.S. Open? It was right now. Was that before? No, I think the ultimate ten ball was tied in with. Uh, was it tied in with the Derby City? That's what it, it was. It was tied in with Tunica. Tunica. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, so it was during yep. the summer. Yeah, because all the players Bodies, were still going to be there. Right. Yep. Yeah, and then that was kind of a was. bad blood because not, not as many people showed up for it. And right. That's when Tunica was taken off the map. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, it's too bad because, you know, you know Diamond and them, they were going to do, their goal was to do four Derby cities. That would. At different, you know, locations and get the casinos involved. Fantastic. Which is a way. Which do is one way. quarterly, yep. yeah. Yeah, but that's, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so looking here. Da, 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 da. 
I don't see any, I don't see any dates on it. You can just see where you can buy VIP seats. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah. know when you're going to go. Um, I'll tell you what, we come back from break. We'll uh, we'll find out the dates of that for you and then uh, see what's going on. Sounds good. We'll be back after break. <laughs> Interested in getting a custom queue? Talk to Terry Roach of Roach Custom Cues. Terry is a local Kansas City area cue maker that provides custom cues along with repairs. This is Daryl from Pool Time, and I play with a Terry Roach Custom Cue. They hit great and even look better. For more info or to contact Terry about a cue or repair, visit his website at www.roachcustomcues.com. Do you find the latest local and national tournament information and results? Pool4u.com, of course. That's www.pool4u.com. All right, we're back from break. Actually, the dates for the U.S. Open are October 12th through the 18th, okay. 2014. So they're not really shortening it any. Right, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah so, that's true. So I'm not sure what it is. but uh, And do they run anything else while they're, while they're down there? Is this just straight nine ball? No, uh, it's US, US Open, Open nine they ball. Don't, it's, it's a pretty neat deal. They have yeah. vendors. Um, he's had in the past, the last year they had a lot of issues with where it was at, the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just have to kind of see how it goes. You know, right now they're just pitching and selling the VIP seats and trying to get entries into it. Yeah. I'm not even sure where they're at. Also, in July, we've got the BCAPL National Championships. Newly uh, done at the Rio? Yep, yep, at the Rio. It looks like, you know, they've got about every type of, uh, you know, division that you want to play in. Exactly. You know, they've got an eight ball, a nine ball, ten ball. Uh, their nine ball and ten ball, they have open where anybody can play in them, and then they have a nine ball that is kind of a regular where right. you know, your league players can play in it. The top guys can't play in it. And I know they have they have divisions. They have uh, masters divisions. They have grandmasters. They have. Uh, are you familiar with all of those that they have? Yeah. Well, I mean, they they run now. Like I'll give you an example of myself. I was on the masters list for the last time. I've, I haven't been out there since. Mark Griffin bought it. Okay, it's actually been several years. The last year I was there, um, I was in. I finished. It's kind of a funny story. I was. I lost my first match. I'm playing in the eight ball open. I'm down four to two. My second match, about the first, and I've always cashed every year. I've gone out there. I'm about to go bing bong in this tournament, and I'm like, I don't really even care. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. I'm just going to party <laughs> and have fun. You know. Well, the guy ends up messing up, and I come back and win that match five four. And then I go on and catch a gear and, and win like 11 or 12 matches and then a 33rd. Nice. Yeah, so it bumped me, back up, bumped me back up in the Masters. And I was okay. in the Masters before, played two years, got put back down to the Open, did the okay. cash. So I got bumped up in the Masters, and that was the last year I've been. I, I didn't go back and play in the Masters. All right. But at the time in the Masters, they would have, like, the year before I played in the Masters, I played Tony Chohan, okay. which is a professional player. Right. And, uh, a really good player I went Hill Hill with out of Texas. Okay. So the way they used to do it is if you play two years in the Masters and don't cash, you can get dropped back in the Open. Okay. I played my two years, got, got back it. in the Open. That's good Went back deal. to the Open, then ended up getting 33rd, got bumped back up to the Masters. And that was the last time I went. Okay. So last year, and, and since that time, they've added the Grand Masters. Right. So they pulled, they've pulled, they called those top players out of the Masters, uh-huh. the, the pros, and put them in their own division. So that's new. I haven't had the, the Grandmasters wasn't there. Right. So last year I emailed Bill Stock, which is the head referee, and said, "Hey, what they had done is they had uh, they had added an advanced division." Okay. Okay. So this is getting really confusing, but now they got open, advanced, masters, grandmasters. Okay. That's their four levels of play. When I was there, they had open and masters. Got it. Okay. There was no advanced. There was no grandmasters. And if you had played within five years, then they actually brought some people out of the Masters back down into the Advanced. Okay. Like uh, Danny Olson, young Danny, had won the Advanced a couple right. years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I emailed him and asked him if I could get dropped back down in the Advanced and explain my situation. You right. Know, exactly how I explained to you guys. And so they, he dropped me down to the Advanced. Right. Which was, if I would have been within that five years, I would have gotten dropped back down anyway. Right. Right. You know, so it's not anything that they did. It was just well, that's how it worked out. And that's nice that they offer four different, you have four different opportunities now to cash or to play players near your level. Kind of. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. So basically, Grandmasters is professional. Exactly. Masters are going to be some pro, but mostly top level Region, amateurs. Regional players, yeah. yeah. Advanced are the top level. You know, there's, there's yeah. at least another division. Um. So anyway, that's kind of how it works now, um, and uh, so I got moved down to advanced, which helps because if I go play in the, I can play in the open teams now too. They oh, can nice. have like a one advanced okay. player. They used to be able to have one advanced, one masters player. So, 
So I got moved down to that. So that's kind of that kind of how it works. Okay. Um, and that's what I was wanting an explanation out there for those of us that aren't familiar with BCA play. Right. You know. Right. Valley. You know they have a they have a three divisions. They have their uh, open, intermediate, and their masters. Okay. You know, so it just depends on what the league is. But for them, they have all that, and they're going to run some invitational events there. It's a pretty big pool party. I did notice though that the numbers are down from last year. I've been hearing that. Well, and then the year before, they moved to July, which caused some controversy. Because everybody always thought it was always, what, April or May? It was always in May. They always yeah. ran the big three tournaments. It did Valley, ACS, and BCA, PL, right. you know, in May. And they all scheduled them each a different weekend. So I knew players that actually got to Vegas for the and whole month. And just spin. <laughs> yeah. And play all three tournaments, you yep. know. And uh, so, but that, they moved to July, and there was some controversy about the Canadian players you know, their summer's not as long. Uh-huh. And so in July, they don't want to go play. They're they, going to be outside. They need to get outside. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> so in, in, in May, it worked out a lot better for them. So they, they lost some numbers from that, I know. And uh, so it's ups and downs, you know. I mean, I think part of it is it was getting so big that, you know, Rio, uh, the Rio, um, the Riviera was kind of, <laughs> there was talk about them closing. Oh, yeah. So a lot of these organizations were running to try to find a different locations. Right. right. And I know the last time I was there, we had the rainstorm and we had tiles falling on tables. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, actually, I actually don't mind the Rio. Uh, as far as I know, APA, I went out last year and refereed for APA in Nationals, uh-huh. their team event. And oh, at the Riviera. It's the Riviera. Yeah, yeah. And the Riviera, they act like they re-signed APA for the next five years. Yep. So apparently that, that's changed, but... You know, the Valley moved to Bally's. Right. ACS, I don't think it was ever at Riviera, but it was always at the Tropicana. Okay. And then uh, and now they're at the, Rio, at the Rio, which is going to be nice. Uh, anyway, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool event because they have uh, all the pros under it, and then you have all these different divisions. Um, I'm looking forward. I'm actually, it's kind of funny how it works out. I'm not going to go play, but I'm actually going to stop by for a couple of days and there see There you it. go. Yeah, there so. you go. Uh, so I'll be well, out like there. you said, to see see players of all skill levels out there. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, I have just as much fun watching some of the top amateur bar table players play the game, like eight ball. Right. You know, I'm going to be able to sweat. You know, a few of the grandmasters, but some of the masters players. Right. And their website is second to none when it comes to uh, their, you know, their interactive and finding players, who's playing. You know. So, so there you go. Yeah. You so can go you, on. You can go online and find find any of the matches, any players, and they'll tell you where, what table they're playing, and where. You're yeah, time. yeah, it's, it's great. So it'll be fun, and that's going to be the week of July 18th through the next 10 or 11 days after that cool. is what they run, and they'll run their singles events first, and their team events will start like on Tuesday. Um, I could play in the Grand Masters. I can go in there and sign up on site. The other ones you have to sign in there. But there. <laughs> I just, uh, I think I may just save my $260 and use that for gas. <laughs> there you go. There you go for the new ride. Yeah. Um, we talked to Gordy Vanderveer last week. He was on, a, on our show. And he's going to send me a, uh, his new system. So we're going to review that. Um, hopefully I'll get that sometime this week. Very interested to take a look at that. Bring it up. So if you guys or anybody out and about want to come out here on Monday... We'll have, can, the, I'll have that system set up. You can kind of look at it and see how it works, and we're going to kind of play with it. I'm actually working with this lady that has having trouble aiming, so I'm hoping that this might help her out a little bit. Good deal. It's kind Good of a deal. fractional deal. So we look forward to that next week. So if you happen to be in, be around, we'll be back at noon on next Monday here at the Side Pockets in Blue Springs. Come out, check us out. Give us a like on Facebook. Yeah. Um, Get a chance to learn a new shot, maybe, yeah, or yeah. just get out and hit them. Absolutely. And then, like I said, you could go to the BCA's pool league. Their playbca.com is their website. You get all the information you want about their national event. Um, like I said, it's, uh, they had their deadlines or to sign up is already passed, except yeah. for like a few events like the the ten ball, the nine ball that are open, and the uh, Grand Masters. You can sign for those up, up at there. At there, yeah, yeah. You don't have to do that, but. Uh, but it'll be a good tournament. So I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out and seeing some of the players, even though I won't be able to get a chance to play. Get a, yeah. yeah. But it'll be fun. I'll, so I'll do a little reporting back from that. Now, I'll tell you what, uh, there was one other thing, though, that was kind of interesting that uh, you get a lot of information off AZ Billiards. Great it, source of information yeah, for Billiards it's kind players. Of the, it's kind of the forum. There's, there's, there's a bunch of pool forums out there, but it's really the main pool forum for for pool and, and that. And, uh, so there was a there's a, some threads there we were kind of looking at. I know you you had the thread that you were looking at a little bit, but uh, 
The one I'm going to talk about a little bit is the one about the pool teaching philosophy thread. Right. And uh, it was, uh, did you get a chance to see that at all? I, I looked a little bit at, at it. I know uh, John Brumbeck has been talking about some tips and throwing some tips out on there as he's marketing new product and everything. And uh, it kind of, you know, anything, anytime you bring some something up there, especially like an aiming system or something like that, you're going to get a lot of people are going to throw in their two cents. Well, this the, the problem is, you know, they, they've, they've had pros over the years get on AZ. And, and sometimes the pros are trying to sell something. Right. They're trying to sell lessons. They're trying to, um, you know promote a book that they've written or whatever it is right doing. there's a marketing there's an agenda sure, but there's that's an okay agenda. There's right wrong with exactly that. um but they a lot of times they get they get ran off because of you know you know the keyboard warriors yes so to speak and even though if, if i'm a pro and i say something that may not be accurate as far as I don't know, like in this case, you know, I don't want to say it's not accurate, it's just a different there, there's point eight, of view. There's eight different ways of doing this. Sure, You know, sure. this is the way they're comfortable with, exactly. And so you're going to have those people that endorse those other seven ways show up and say, well, no, that's not right. Right. Where there um, really is no wrong way, it's just a way, if you can teach teach the game and get somebody to excel or get get better. Well, we were talking to Jay Wegener a while ago, and you know, the point he made, this is, you know, on that, and he was following a thread, too. It, they're, they're actually people on both sides are actually kind of right. Yeah. You know, the top players are going to be able to, to to show you things from their experience that maybe a player that doesn't have their experience is going to be able to show you. Right. But the instructors also can be able to show you, you know, a, a very the, the orthodox style. Right. Or the fundamentals and and there's certain things that they can also show you too. So there's validity on both camps. Yes. You know, I know sometimes, you know, some people have the opinion that, you know, like the argument in this in this thread was, you know, if you watch the pros and how they do it, you know, you can learn a lot. Right. And you can't. But you can also, those guys have played for hours and hours and hours of pool. You're not, you're not going to develop that stroke overnight. You're not going to be able to develop, to replicate that stroke in pressure situations, you know, there's... Right, right. And then it's it's just a different way that they've gone about becoming a top player. And most people aren't going to try to become top players. They don't have the time. They don't have the desire. They've got families, work. Right. But they still enjoy playing the game. So, you know, it's not an all or nothing. There's different shades of gray here. And I think this, is, this, this whole thread is just that's all it is. Right. You know, well, you have to... You know, everybody has points. There's absolutely there's value in instruction. I do some teaching, and, and, and when I teach somebody the fundamentals, that the idea is to be able to create a repeatable stroke in which you can uh, in, in help quicken the learning process. Right. Whereas, you know, you can take players, like when I learned to play, there wasn't a lot of material out there. You know, so you kind of did what they said, and you went out and you just played better players, and you just played all the time, right. and you just tried to get better, and you kept playing, and you kept grinding. This game's tough. It's it's not it's not a you know if you can use any source to get better, then that more power to you. And people learn at different rates, and people learn different ways. It's audio, there's visual, there's all sorts of different ways. And it's just you can't. It's it's not black and white. Right. And so I think when they get in these like these threads here, where they're arguing that this one way is better than the other way, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Right. You know. It's and, and people, it, it comes down to that, but it is. It there really is. You're going to have so many different ways. They're going to work for so many different players. I mean, there is no, there is no true. If there was a true standard, they'd all be doing the same thing, and we'd all be playing the same way. Well, and I think when you get to like, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a very good golfer, and I don't golf very often. I know you do a lot more golfing than I do, but I'm guessing that in golf, it's pretty uniform on how instructors teach. You know, and here, and I, and I guess like in snooker, it's probably pretty uniform if you have a really good coach in snooker right there was somebody that would commented that he'd taken lessons from a guy in snooker and it was expensive but it was worth it for him you know in pool it's there's not that uniform way of doing things now my background in teaching is going to be from the set pause finish method that's taught by kind of jerry Breesat, the guy to stan shuff it where right. i learned it from you know and that's what i'm going to teach but that's not the only way that you can do it nope. you know there's positives and pros and cons to each of it and 
when I try to teach something to somebody, I try to explain why I'm doing that. Right. And if there's other ways of learning, and not every way, you know, how I how I do it and how I teach it, I have very confidence in the, in, in the way that I that it'll help your game, and, and it helps a lot of players. But it's but there's always going to be opinions of different ways, and so you have to, as a person, just like if you go on the internet, you've got to kind of weed out what works best for you. What's you know I don't want to say the truth because I think they all have variances, and so this thread kind of gets into personal. These guys throwing jobs back and forth, and you know you got there's CJ on there, and then John Brombecker on there, and uh, you know it does take it, like you said very. Very well, correct. It takes a personal overtone when somebody feels they've been slighted and things. Right. And then you're then you're off on tangents that have nothing to do then with pool. People are you know throwing yes. up resumes right. and all sorts right. of things, trying to you know. Right. And you're you're losing you're losing what's what's the thing here right. is there is there is no true method with this. Um, the thing is, you take what you can and you'll use it. If, there, if it's not useful to you, it can it can always be learned in a different manner. There's. All right. There's different. There, there's some mythology to instruction. You know what I teach is going to be, like I said, a lot of a lot of the same things that Randy Gottlicker or those guys are going to also teach. Right. Scott Lee. You know the same type of fundamental stuff. Right. But you know, so when like John Brumbeck, and I got a good story about him. So okay, story, come back so, to this. Yeah, right. so remind me. But because uh, John's super nice. Oh, guy. I've got one of his videos. I love oh, it. His breaking yeah. videos. Yeah. Is spot on. I mean, yes, it is. And uh, so John's a great resource. You right. Know? So why would you run that off? I don't care if you disagree. Oh, exactly. And to be honest with you, I don't agree with what he says about fundamentals. Right. And I don't think it's. I think it's just because he's an old school player, uh-huh. and he thinks that, you know, this is how I learned it. This is what's important. This isn't important. Right. But for me, as I as I do some instruction, as I'm learning, as I go along, I may change. Right. You know, I I taught a different stance forever, and then I let. Read Mark Wilson's, and his basic thing is making sure that you have enough, you know, enough room to be able to stroke the cue. Yep. So he's changed, you know, he kind of changes the way I thought about the stance. Right. I'm trying to create more clearance for the people so you can have a good cue, and I've worked it on my own game. And right. It feels comfortable because exactly. the cue's away from my body, and so I can stroke freer, and I don't have, that cue's not hitting my body and changing how the stroke goes or whatever. Right. You know, so you want that clearance. Well, John's not really addressing that. He doesn't really, I don't know if he, I don't want to say he doesn't understand it. He just, in his mind, and it's true, mm-hmm. if you play enough, you can you can get away without having those quote fundamentals. Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right way to play. You know, when you teach, the idea is to get better as fast as you can and most efficiently. Exactly. Not hit play right. eight or ten hours a day or, or match up and play all the time. And so it's it's a real gray line area. But because I don't necessarily agree with him, doesn't mean I'm going to insult him and think that what he says. Oh, exactly. Is, you know, is worthless because this guy's got you know he's one. You know, championships, maybe the best bankroll player of our generation, you know, and he knows a hell of a lot more than I do on certain things. So let me tell you my story about John Brumbeck. All right. All right I'm at the Derby City Classic. It's been years ago. And I've got this cue, and when, I'm, when I tighten it, it makes a squeaking noise. It's real hard to get the shaft <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah. So John's like next to me playing, and he walks over, he says, You know how to fix that, don't you? I said, No. He said, Well, just take, when you go back to your room, uh-huh. take a bar of soap, right, and just go over the threads. On the on the uh, on the butt, you know where the shaft goes in, right? And it'll fix it. So I said, "Oh yeah, I'll try it." So I went back, tried it, worked perfect. Worked perfect. Yeah, I just there lubricated enough yeah. to where it didn't, you know, wasn't squeaking or whatever. There's your tip of the day, right there. Exactly. The squeaky so, and that cues. Was, and that was from John Brumbeck, and super nice guy. There's no reason to to get defensive. I know. Oh, exactly. There's a few guys there on AZ that are you know are arguing what they think is correct, which I, I agree with them. But there's no reason to put somebody else down. It's just a different school of thought. It is. You know, it's different reasoning. You know, I learned this within the last two or three months as far as the clearance mm-hmm. versus what I, you know. And, you know, so you can learn from all different re- all different sources. So like Jay was saying, you know, in this thread, both parties are actually right. Right. It's just, you know, I, I, the only problem I have with it is I can see where, you know, if I'm a pro and I get on there and I go back and these people are, blasting me about you know i don't know what i'm doing or whatever and you know and then other people are blasting this other guy because he's not a top player so he can't teach and, yeah yeah which you know, is which is a total fallacy i mean it can be absolutely yeah, yeah yeah i mean if you study you know how good players play you don't necessarily right. have to do it exactly you know um you know there's, there's some argument back and forth to that um but like what jay was saying was uh you know, if you go to these top players and you can learn a lot about the mental game, you can learn a lot about some maybe advanced stuff that some of these other instructors don't have the experience 
you know, so that's there. You never, you never know where you're going to find a bit of information that's going to help your game in any shape or form. And here, here's the other thing. What helps me may not help you. It, that's that's very true. You know, it is. So just the point of all this whole thing is, when I, when I read that, is this game has enough issues as it is. For it to grow, we need everybody to, to support it. Yep. And if pros come on there on AZ, even if they're selling something, you know, give them the, the respect that they've earned by dedicating their life towards a game that we all love. All right? Whereas they should respect you also as being a member of a community and saying that you have value too and you've been around playing for years because nobody knows everybody's story, how that's, good a player they true. are. That's true. They're not. It's a community. Just be respectful. Yeah. That's the only thing I, I see about it. You can agree to disagree. That's, you know, you get in these, like the CTE and aiming things and all that, you know, and these guys just argue and they're bet over and fight. It reminds me of that thread too. Yep. You know, the different philosophies yeah. on, on very teaching infamous, everything. Very infamous thread. I remember that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, they, I mean, they finally just had to put it in their own little discussion group and then it died off because <laughs> yeah. not enough people read them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they got tired of them. But that's kind of my rant on that, uh, that teaching philosophy. But yes, John, stay with us. Definitely post. Don't let, you know, don't let, well, don't be discouraged. Because well, his credit, you know, there's guys like Chris Bartram. Right. And there's other guys that are top players that post on there that understand how the game works. Right. So they don't get their panties in a bunch, so to speak. Exactly. You know, when they good, somebody good come point, back. Good point of, how, of, of a person, like you said. Right. Chris is very good about that. CJ and Gene, all right. right. And I mean, there's, yep. there's guys on there that that post with a little bit of an agenda, but that's okay. Yep. You know that going in. It doesn't mean what they say doesn't have value. Exactly. And you just got to figure out, all right, what do I want to try? Try it. If it works, great. When I teach somebody, I'm like, hey, go to anybody, you know, this game's hard enough. You know, if you can learn something from me, great. And you go from another instructor or you go from a pro player, you know, get some information from them. You know, it's all about trying to get better and how to improve. Yeah, there'd be no reason to sit there and watch somebody shoot before you tried to instruct them, which most of your instructors will say, you know, shoot a couple racks. I want to see how you shoot. I want mm-hmm. to see your game. If they're all teaching the same thing, well, there's no reason to watch you shoot because it is. It's so there's so many different ways to get around the problem. There's so many different solutions that they really need to see how you're playing and what well, will work for you. I mean, I understand what you're saying, um, but there's different philosophies on, on it. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm a big proponent of, of, you know, having that clearance and being able to develop a repeatable stroke. Exactly. You know, and then there's some other things about the elbow drop that I'm still working on my own game, uh-huh. how I want to implement that, how I want to teach that. But it makes sense to me, if you really think about it, the less moving parts, the better it is. You know, even though the top guys don't do that, you watch right. 90% of the people, they're going to drop that elbow. Yep. You know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that dropping the elbow is is, is the most efficient way to, to learn the game. It's something, it's something that it, it can be, it can be learned around. Right, right. So it's, you know, it's just... Keep it civil. Exactly. Everybody's everybody's opinion it means you know has, has some value to it. If you don't like it, you know you can state your side of it without telling somebody else that they're wrong or this is completely you know. Well, and you you're know. gonna you're gonna come across that with these open forums like this. That's what's gonna happen, and you know, and to get discussion going is not a bad thing. It's just try to do it in a polite manner. Right, be respectful. I mean, exactly. especially if you got guys that are professional that are on there, and you can really pick their brains on certain things that come up and. You know that you don't necessarily. You know you have you have access to a top pro and can ask him questions. Why would you want to run him off? Yeah, I mean you know if you really if you put the questions together, especially on the the mental side of the game and what yes. separates you know these champions from you know I got so many things that you know I want to work on my game that I you know try to try to figure out. How many how many players do we know that can make balls and run racks all day long, but they're just not quite there? You know they're just real. They're, you see these great players that can make all the shots. And you say, what is the difference between the, that game and the top-level pros? Well, I'll give you an example. If, if I'm watching a guy play and I've seen guys warm up and they just drill everything, you know what, that doesn't really make a difference until you see it under pressure. Exactly. How do they handle the pressure? How do they handle, you know, the the rhythm of the game of setting down for a while and then getting up and not having a shot for three or four racks and then right. having to kick it in their first shot to kick and you know, things what's like their, that. What's exactly. their mental state if they're... Yep. You know, down four to nothing. You know, yep. versus being up four to nothing. Right. You know, how do they come back from that? How do they? You know. Yep. Don't drink my coke. Oh, that was really good though. <laughs> um, you know, so how to? You know, there's all that stuff that's real. You know, 
how do you answer that? And that resource is there. And I just I hate to see them get run off because in the past on AZ, I've seen pros get run off. Right. Because you know people want to prove that they know something, I, I, which you may be right. Like I said, I don't I don't agree with John Brumbeck on on the fundamentals. But wouldn't you wouldn't important. you really like to be able to have contact and some sure exchange of ideas going back and forth with this guy that you can shoot ideas off? I'm not of? gonna go. I didn't go up there and say yeah. you're wrong. Yeah. I just yeah. you know that's fine. I just don't right. agree with him. I don't have to say right. anything. I just take what I use and, and move on. Yeah. So that's kind of my gist on that thread, and you know, hopefully, you know, just besides that thread, right. you know, th- those controversial threads that people can just. You know, ease back a little bit, especially when you get some good players on there. Yep. You know, you can really learn a lot from them if you just listen. I don't know. Do you have anything else going on for this week? Was there a throw that you were looking at? Uh, no, I was going to let everybody know the Flamingo did get their AC fixed. Um, I was looking, um, watching and learning. Think, going to talk a little bit about watching and learning for matches. Um, I know I get a little carried away with playing all the time, and plus I'm running tournaments, so... What happens with me is I don't develop my routine as well as I should, and I'm trying to watch the room to make sure everybody's playing well and, you know, playing well with each other. But um, I have, so I develop bad habits, and I don't do a pre-shot routine, which I should. Oh, yeah. But I've noticed that when I sit and relax and will watch a few matches, um, when I come to the table, I'm more focused. I have a greater idea of where I want to go. I've slowed everything down just from simply sitting and watching a match. You know, it doesn't even have to be the, the best players, you know, but just it, for some reason, it seems to calm me down. And then when I approach the table and approach my match, I, there's a lot more thought process going on. It seems like my thought process is more efficient. And never, never looked at it that way. Now, I know it's hard for me if I'm running a tournament. You've got your focus divided. Exactly. So it's very. I really don't like running a tournament trying to play in it. Right. If I can, because it's just you lose that focus. And I think, you know, on Tuesday and Thursdays when you run the rails tournaments, yep. that's part of the problem. It is. You know, it is. It's awful hard to do that. It's awful hard to be able to play and then, you know, relax after the match and then have time to go, you know, get yourself composed for the next match, whatever it is. Yes. And so I, I understand that. I mean. Yep. You know, anybody that's run tournaments and then tried to play in them, it, it's, it makes it doubly oh, it is. difficult. So. It is. I'm, I'm, and I'm, what I'm trying to do now is a little bit is slow myself down and to go back, and especially because, we're like I said, we're going out to Vegas in August to play, so um, I want to be playing at my best, but I'm hitting the ball my best, but I also want to be thinking my best. I want my the thought process to be there to where my I'm solving problems at a very quick rate where I'm not having to worry about things. This is my thought process. This is how I go through Well, and I don't know if people realize, you know, I think for me as an, for me as an instructor, one of the things that I think I can give value to is developing everything you do before you hit the cue ball. Right. You know, so anything that you do before is called a pre-shot routine. Exactly. And the more that you can have that solidified, and where you do that same process over and over again. Right. It helps a couple of ways. It helps in consistency because you're going to approach every shot the same way. But it also helps like when you come up to a nervous situation because you know what you're going to do. You're going to, you have this process that you're going to do. So there's a confidence already built in. Kind of, because you already kind of know what you're, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean you're not going to get nervous. Or that, oh, exactly. You know, obviously, but it, but it, it, can, it can help in that. You know, and, and I noticed the times I've played, played well, you know, it's because I go through the same process, and it was the strength of that. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean you're not going to never be nervous, obviously, but it, it gives you that tool right. to be able to kind of help tackle that. You know, so, you know, I think it's important, whatever your pre-shot routine is, is to try to do the same thing every time. Right. And I'm talking about eye patterns. Yeah. Cause it used to be I'd go up and I would just shoot, and I'd get up and I'd... I knew what I was going to do, try to figure out what I was going to do when I was standing up, you know, think before you shoot. Right. And then get down. And then, but as far as stroking and, and my eye patterns, I would just kind of go back and forth until I felt like I was comfortable and then I pulled the trigger. Right. <clears throat> Whereas now, I have a set way that I actually stroke the ball mm-hmm. and I actually have a set way that my eye patterns are, what I look at first, how I look at balls. There you go. And when I stroke it. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that, you know, certain instruction can do for you or, you know, if you can find that out of uh, other materials, it's exactly. important, no matter what it is. And you can come up with your own, you know, how you look at the balls. But 
the, the more that you can do that consistently, I think it is advantageous to your game. Exactly. Well, and that's what, that was my next thing was with that routine, then comes, like you said, confidence, but it also comes with, because we, we've all seen, oh, this weekend I noticed a couple, there was a lot of talking things going on. It got to be a distraction to me. Well, if I'm, if I'm only worried about my pre-shot routine and where I'm going and where my position is going, mm -hmm. Takes everything, takes that out of the okay. game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. and then you're then you're good to go. And that's yeah. a that's a great place to be. It's very easy to get back out of that zone. But if you can put yourself back into it with a pre-shot routine, you yeah. know, yeah, there that's, you go. that's the biggest thing. You know, when I, when I give somebody lessons, that, that's that's the one thing I know that I can give them if they're not already doing it, especially if it's an, a more of an advanced player. Uh huh. Because it, it can almost show immediate results. Right. Because it's going to show it in in your concentration. And in with, you know, just your overall game, you know. So I can work with somebody for an hour, maybe two hours tops, and get your pre-shot routine down. Yes. And show you a system that's, you know, been taught by some of the best instructors in the country, you know. And they may not all be pro players. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I was just going to, I was going to go back to our little uh, debunking method here of, if you d disagree, post on AZ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Might be my new shirt. Yeah, you disagree. Post on AZ. <laughs> there you go. No, but I mean, I, for my own game, I, yes. I like it. I like what it does. And I know, I know, Danny Olson talked about when he learned this the stroking system that he really liked it. Right. You know, and, I, and most people do that. You know, it's a good. It just, like I said, like everything you said is, is, is what it can help you with. Right. Because it, it can help take away those, you know, those mental lapses. Now, with that said, I played some pretty inconsistent pool the last two or three weeks too <laughs> using that too yeah. so it doesn't mean you're going to completely get rid of that but exactly but it, but it's a tool to help it is it is a tool to help and but not everybody does it yes. you know, not everybody you know i think most yes. of them do it subconsciously i think if you watch most players that they're going to do the same thing pretty much over and over again which will constitute a pre-shot routine exactly they just don't consciously think of it that way right but if you can actually come up with a way that you're going to approach every shot and do it the same way every time, I think it will benefit your game. Definitely. Well, there's that's good tips for this week. Yeah, so anyway, I think uh, we're pretty much done for this show this week. Uh, next week we'll be back. Uh, if you happen to be in the area, we're going to be doing our show at noon on Monday at Side Pockets in Blue Springs. It's in the Kansas City area. Great place um, to play. It's a great place to play. They have good specials during the day. Nice tables. We're, we're right, up front on the, right up front on the big tables here as you come in the door. Come by, say hi, come and grab you a free set of uh, tip protectors or uh, get you a T-shirt. There you go. And uh, come and say hi to us. Definitely. Have All a right. good weekend. You talk to you later.